This is 98.7 ESPN, a good karma brand's radio station. WEPN-FM, New York. This is New York Game Day, presented by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Infinity. Discover more about the luxury and performance of an Xfinity QX60 crossover at XfinityUSA.com or visit your local Infinity dealer today. And by the engagement experts at London Jewelers. Visit them at any of their seven locations, including Short Hills, or shop online at LondonJewelers.com. It is New York game day here on 98.70 SPN. Uh, Mike Tannenbaum doing some sports center hits. So uh, his duties done here for the day. It's Amani and I. Uh, and uh, we're going to hear from Nick Wagner, who covers the 49ers, uh, and as well as Rich Samini with a Jets update. We had Jordan Renan on earlier. If you missed that, uh, you can uh, listen to that uh, on, on our site, 98.70 ESPN, a podcast form. Rich Samini with a Jets update as well. So uh, locks of the week. Last week did not do well. Amani went zero uh, three. Did, uh, did you? The Lions. Yep. The li- So remember, we played that 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 teaser. So I had yeah. the Lions plus thirteen and a half. That one, but the okay. Ravens forty ers over thirty eight points uh, did not hit. So lost that teaser. Lamar Jackson. I needed sixty rushing yards for him. He yeah, carried 56, the ball eight. Right? 54 he carried the ball eight times for 54 so i missed that bet by six yards and again you and i talked about it at the start of the show i just baffled as to why he didn't run more there and there were open there were open lanes and Mm -hmm. i'm 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 sitting there i'm going run the ball run the ball Mm -hmm. what are you doing run the button and he didn't i i don't understand uh so that prop bet didn't hit and then i had jameer gibbs uh over uh 47 and a half rushing yards he carried the ball 12 times for 45. So I missed that by three yards. And once he fumbled the ball, that was it. Uh, Montgomery came in and uh, carried and it was, was more the lead back because uh, Dan Campbell did not want to risk Gibbs fumbling the ball again. So once he fumbled the ball, that was it. Prop bet was dead. So, um, so unfortunately went 0-3, uh, which means we're 35 and... 18, 19, 20. So we're 35 and 21 on the season, which puts us at 62.5%. So 62%. Um, so this is what, so I was thinking like, I'll hold off and, and I'll give some bets next week. But here's the thing for the bets that you like the overs on, you need to put in right now for the bets that you like the unders on. That's when you put in Sunday. So um, so I'm going to share with our listeners right now the bets that I like the overs on so they can get them in now. Mm-hmm. Next Sunday when we do the show, I will circle back and remind them what we gave them this Sunday. And next Sunday, I will give them the unders that I like. So they will have a portfolio of prop bets heading into... Um, the game on Sunday. Sound gotcha. good? Yeah, okay. sounds good. Okay, so here we go. First things first, you and I are both on Kansas City, and, and right now you could get them at plus two. Um, I, I don't think that this line goes up to three. I, I, so get it now. If anything, I, because everybody's on Kansas City, like, and, and this line is going to fluctuate throughout the week. If anything, I think it goes back down. So 
you know, if, if you're if you feel the way that me and Mike Tannenbaum and Amani feel right now, jump on Kansas City plus two. Get it now before it dips, I think. And, and again, I could be wrong, but I think it will more than likely dip back down before it dips up. And I don't think that it will get to three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also going to go with a Brock Purdy interception that you could get right now at minus 125 which means for every 100 125 dollars you put down that's how you get 100 back mm-hmm. um he has thrown uh, a lot of interceptions this postseason and also has the most interception worthy plays uh should have should be even more interceptions for brock purdy uh, balls that were dropped uh regardless whatever the case uh, this is a Kansas City defense that Spags does an excellent job disguising. I think that it's going to be a lot for Purdy, and I do expect him to have an interception. Agree or disagree? No, I agree. I think Brock Purdy is, uh, you know, he has some great plays, but it's the negative plays in a lot of these um, championship Super Bowl-type games. The negative plays is what kills you. And uh, he has not played a consistent game throughout the entire playoffs. You know, Green Bay game struggled. Detroit game struggled at times, but then, of course, turned it around. But you look at the whole body of work, and Brock Purdy has not been at his best uh, throughout this entire uh, offseason. I mean, so, postseason, excuse me. Sorry. So Kansas City plus two right now, get on it. Uh, mm-hmm. Brock Purdy, anytime interception um, at minus 125. I'm going to go Isaiah Pacheco over 67 mm. and a half rushing yards. I, I think uh, one thing that we know about – uh, this Kansas City Chiefs team in the postseason, Andy Reid, they are committed to running the football, and that's how you beat the 49ers. We saw it with the Green Bay Packers. We saw it with the Lions. You run the football. I think they're going to run the football a lot with Pacheco. I'm going to go over 67 and a half rushing yards. I like it. Both of those games changed when the teams who had the lead, Green Bay and, uh, and, and um, Detroit, when they stopped running the football. For some reason, in the third quarter, both of the teams just decided, you know what, let's just salt this away through the air. And uh, that's, that, that was peculiar decisions, and I don't think that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to do that. Isaiah Pachanko is the, stir that, that is the straw that stirs the drink in terms of how this Kansas City Chiefs offense remains balanced uh, without their you know, receivers being consistent and, and taking a lot of pressure off Travis Kelsey. Um, two more Kansas City bets that I'm going to throw your way. One is Noah Gray, tight end Noah Gray. I'm going to go over one and a half receptions and over 12 and a half receiving yards. Um, Noah Gray only has one drop this season. Mm-hmm. That's it, just one. Uh, Big Red, of course, Andy Reid is playing a lot more 12 personnel in the postseason. Uh, Noah Gray is on the field and on 45% of their passes. And I, I just, after an 11 for 11, over 100 yards and a touchdown for Travis Kelsey, I have a, I have a feeling the, 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 the 49ers are going to be paying a lot more attention to Travis Kelsey than the Baltimore Ravens were. So I think it's going to open up things for Noah Gray. So again, over one and a half receptions, over 12 and a half receiving yards for Noah Gray. Thoughts? Oh, that's, that's, I think that's a really good one. Um, because there's just not a lot of receivers that, that, um, that Patrick Mahomes really trusts. And so anybody that's consistently catching the ball is who's going to get it besides if Travis Kelsey is covered. So, yeah, I, I, I like it. One thing we know about Patrick Mahomes is he is very more than willing to give the ball to whoever, who's ever open. And some of these times, if, they, if the San Francisco 49ers watched what 
uh, how how de how devastating um, Tra Travis Kelsey was against the uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. They're gonna put a body on him, make sure they know where he is at all times, and uh, how this offense really is generated around this tight end and his unique abilities. Um, one more. Uh, Kansas City wager that I'm going to make here in regard to the over, and that is MVS over 18 and a half receiving yards. Uh, he has been utilized more in the postseason, I think, because there is more trust here between him and uh, and Patrick Mahomes, because he is another one who has not dropped passes mm. as much as the other guys. Uh, and MVS is the guy that can stretch the field. We saw it last week as well against the Ravens. So I'm going to go over. 18 and a half receiving yards for MVS. I like it. I mean, I think the thing about when you're playing with Patrick Mahomes, everybody's about option. Everybody will, uh, will be able to have one catch for over 18 yards. I don't think that's a, that's not a, I would take that chance. Any, anybody on that team, like what would happen to Rasheed Rice this whole off, this whole postseason? He's been, you know, really playing at his best getting a lot of opportunities towards the tail end of this year and that's not because anything he's doing it's more because of the fact that he's catching the ball and Patrick Mahomes is looking for him and finding him and last but not least here's my San Francisco 49ers over prop bet and that is George Kittle over three and a half receptions and over 46 and a half receiving yards and here's why the Kansas City Chiefs play man coverage more than any team in the NFL. Mm -hmm. and, and, and George Kittle is one of the best, if the not best, tight end against man coverage. Mm -hmm. So uh, also I think Brock Purdy is, is going to be under duress. I think he's going to be looking for that security blanket. And of course, we both know uh, a lot of times that is your tight end. So over three and a half receptions, over 46 and a half receiving yards for George Kittle. Thoughts? I go three and a half. I think the 46 might be a little bit tough. Like I, he catches a lot of short passes and, and turns them up the field. One thing we know about the Kansas City Chiefs defense is they tackle the ball very well. They're not going to get a lot of yards after catch. That's why I'm really concerned with uh, the, the receiving receivers for the San Francisco 49ers. Are they going to be able to make hay when the fact that they're going to be it's going to be a lot of catch tackles and what makes this receiving core great isn't their route running isn't their ability to separate at the at the at the break point it's their ability once they get the ball in their hands to do something like Debo Samuels is all his game is and so I have a feeling that a lot of these receivers for the Niners are going to be a little bit frustrated because a catch tackle to them is uh no matter if they get the first down or not is in their mind it's a loss they are they their team depends on the run after the catch and uh, if they don't get that, it's going to be different for them. So I, I think there's going to, I think the Niners' receiving core is going to struggle. Uh, so these are my bets right now. Again, anything over, you want to get in ASAP. Anything under, you want to wait until we get closer to game time. So just to recap, jump on Kansas City, getting the two Why right is now. That? Sorry. Because be, because uh, more people are apt to bet overs mm -hmm. because you, you, you know, more people you, like you want to cheer for a player, mm -hmm. right? You want to cheer for a player when you watch them play a money, right? You don't want to, you don't want to like, you know, not hope a player does well. So, so we, we as human beings are just, it, we're, it's, it's just, we're, we lean more towards the over. So these overs are going to be bet 
um, as you know, throughout the week, as we get close, closer to the game. And then, so sports books want to cover their butt. What they'll do now is they'll raise those numbers to make sure that they're not losing their ass. Gotcha. Gotcha. If, if, you know, if, you know, if, 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 if that bet does win, right. Mm -hmm. So, so they'll be, they'll change those numbers and those numbers will rise. So that's why anything over you want to get in right away. When we come back to you on Sunday, I will share with you my under bets. And mm. those are the bets you want to make on game day. So again, Kansas City plus two, jump on it now. Uh, Brock Purdy, interception. Noah Gray, over one and a half receptions, over 12 and a half receiving yards. MVS, over 18 and a half receiving yards. Pacheco, over 67 and a half rushing yards. George Kittle, over three and a half receptions, over 46 and a half receiving yards. Amani thinks that's a little high. Um, but that's the only one he disagrees with me on. Amani, we've got some calls. Let's get to them before we take our next break. We're going to hear from Nick Wagner as well when we return. So let's go to Danny in Long Island. Danny, welcome in. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to a, a footballist Sunday. Very sad day. It's almost over now. What are you talking about? The Pro Bowl's uh, on at three. Oh, God almighty. Maybe I'll watch the Flash football again. That'd be, that'd be more entertaining. But, uh, but first of all, Amani, I'm going to give you some shouts. If there was an award for a rookie commentator of the year award it would it you're the winner you should be on stage somewhere from the moment you said it's like a nun with a big butt it just doesn't matter so last week when dave asked you if mahomes is the best quarterback you ever saw and you managed to mention jeff george and kerry collins in your answer you you, you have made it must listen to radio i love every minute of it and god bless i hope they have you back next year thank you I need, before you. we go on to the super bowl as a person who sees the ravens twice a year I was actually absolutely stunned that a veteran coaching staff spit the bit so badly. I think they were so spoofed that the Chiefs scored the first two times they had the ball that they then they, they, they dropped any pretense of their normal offense and felt that they had to score 40 points. And this is a team that comes in with multiple tight end sets. They bring in a guy named Rashad, weighs 350 pounds in the backfield, mm -hmm. and everything works off a sledgehammer. Mm -hmm. And they never really reacted to the fact that after the first two touchdowns, the defense had the game in hand, and all he had to do was get the 20 points. And for, 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 uh, that, for that coaching staff, I, and then watching Lamar Jackson have the worst day of his career, I could not believe what I was watching. And you, can't, you cannot heap enough negative criticism on that staff uh, as far as I'm concerned. That was unforgivable, and I was shocked. As far as this game's concerned, I, I agree with the Pachenko. I think I like his passing uh, receptions because they use those screen passes, mm -hmm. and because they don't have wide receivers that much, they actually have been catching passes down the field, and they go out in formation. So I, I like Pacheco with his own, on uh, on passing yardage, but I agree with you. I think the Chiefs. You, you could give me all the reasons in the world two weeks ago to bet the Ravens. I couldn't go against Mahomes, and I can't go. I can't go against them now because he he's just he's just Mahomes, and that's and the coaching staff is great. So there you go. That's my, that's my comment. Danny, thanks for the phone call. I just want to clarify, it's Pacheco. Now, I had a Pachenko machine that my grandfather bought me when I was a child. Might That, that might be what you guys are thinking about. Loved my Pachinko machine, but it is Isaiah Pacheco, just FYI. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Nick Wagner is joining us now. He does a phenomenal job covering the 49ers for ESPN. Nick, good afternoon or good morning for you out there on the left coast. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Just trying to uh, keep the gas tank full enough to get to the finish line here. I can only imagine how these players feel. I'm sure uh, <laughs> you and I had Adam Teicher on my show yesterday. Um, you guys, the, the most wanted men, I'm sure, on our ESPN airwaves across the board. So we so appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you. Uh, let's start first and foremost with Brock Purdy. Um, kind of share with us, because yeah. I, I think it's a made-for-Disney movie, um, take us through, take us through the whole Brock Purdy storyline, right? Like Mr. Irrelevant yeah. comes in high expectations for Trey Lance. Of course, now we know he's holding a clipboard in Dallas kind of, you know, share with us the Brock Purdy story as to where we are right now and, and him a week away from uh, representing and quarterbacking the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Anita, I'm, I'm glad you asked it that way because I feel like so much of the Brock Purdy discourse is silly stuff like where does he rank in the league, right? Is he elite? Is, you know, all these, all these things that don't have a real quantifiable way to measure, you know, people are watching tape and coming up to these opinions and criticizing him for the talent that he has around him or the scene that he's playing in. And what gets lost in all that is what a great story it is. And because it is, I mean, the closest thing that I, that I can think of to relate it to, and I was in the St. Louis area at the time, it was Kurt Warner, you know, kind of coming out of nowhere. Warner, of course, had, had gone through a little bit more to get to that point but, uh, and was undrafted, but a lot of similarities between the two of them. And so, you know, Brock Purdy gets drafted. Everyone knows, last pick in the draft. He comes in, and, and just to be completely candid with you, Anita, like I, I didn't think he was going to make the team his rookie year, like going into that training camp. You know, it wasn't until about midway through training camp that we kind of knew, like, oh, the Niners believe in him, but – even just this week, Jed York, you know, still you always get more nuggets that come out along the way. And Jed York said, hey, you know, there was a moment in the first week of training camp in 2022 when Kyle Shanahan came up to me and said, hey, we got to talk, which, as Jed York said, isn't always a good thing. Uh, but one of the things they talked about was Kyle Shanahan saying, hey, you know, Brock Purdy is thir- he's our number three quarterback, but I think he's already the best quarterback on our roster. A week into wow. his first training camp, uh, Kyle Shanahan believed that. And now I'm sure that opinion probably vacillated a little bit throughout that preseason. And, you know, they were committed to Trey Lance at the time. So Lance was the starter. Lance, of course, gets hurt in week two. 
And then they have to decide, well, is Purdy ready? Uh, or are we going to go back to Jimmy Garoppolo? So they go with the known commodity because they have a veteran team and they want to get back to the Super Bowl. Garoppolo, of course, then gets hurt, as, as had been an issue for him throughout his time with the 49ers. And Purdy steps in against Miami. And um, I, I reported the, the anecdote a few weeks ago that, you know, Brock Purdy was at a Halloween party. He cut it loose a little bit. Uh, this was before he was the starter. And he kind of showed his confidence to guys like Kittle and Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Juszczyk and had like an Oprah Winfrey moment in that night, uh, that Halloween party race, you know, I'm going to get you the ball. I'm going to get you the ball. I'm going to get you the ball. You know, like, and they all kind of laughed at him. And then like 34 days later, he was the starter playing really well. And they're like, Oh wow. Like he wasn't kidding. Like he, you know, that, that kind of confidence simmering underneath the surface. And so then you fast forward, obviously he goes through the elbow injury, which is another thing that seems to get overlooked in all discussions uh, about Brock Purdy uh, coming off of it, uh, you know, having a surgery that no other starting quarterback in the league has ever had Anita ever. It's never happened. And, and, and he's doing this all off of that surgery, just, you know, six months later, now, of course, they're in, in the Super Bowl. So it is a great story. There's a lot to really like about it. And for, for people like us in, in our line of work who like storytelling, uh, it's about as compelling as it gets. Do you think he saved Kyle Shanahan's job, considering all that they gave up for Trey Lance, and then they find this diamond in the rough in Brock Purdy? Uh, I don't think so. It's, it's kind of hard to say because that's such a, like, a you know, like, they're, like, we don't know what the alternative dominoes would have been, right? Like, I, I think that Kyle Shanahan is about as entrenched here as he could possibly be. Jed York is a big believer in him. They've won a heck of a lot of games. Now, if they didn't have an alternative that could help them win games and they had bad seasons, then I think it's a different conversation. But it's so hard to get to that place because we've seen, you know, Kyle Shanahan have so much success. And that's why people always say, you know, when we talk about Purdy, that, well, you know, Kyle can do this with any quarterback. Well, that's not true because we saw it with Nick Mullins. We saw it with C.J. Beathard. Those guys didn't get it done. But even if they had just an average, you know, league average type of quarterback, I don't know if they would have been bad enough for it to, to really change the narrative that much. But I will say, I, I can confidently say that Brock Purdy being what he is uh, certainly canceled out a lot of the bad taste they might have had in their mouth about the way the Trey Lance thing played out. I just, listen, I, there's general managers and there's head coaches that get fired for less in regard to what they sure. gave up to get up to go get Trey Lance, who was a complete bust. So in my eyes, I I think I think Brock Purdy saved their and, and not to take anything away from Kyle, um, but uh, you know, when when teams give up that much and you draft a quarterback where they did, that typically sets a franchise and an organization back. So uh very sure. interesting. Um again, Nick Wagner joining us here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Uh, one thing that has that that is noticeable in regard to this 49ers team is like they were an absolute juggernaut throughout the regular season, but they have struggled in this postseason. Granted, they beat they beat yeah. the Green Bay Packers, they beat the Lions, but you know, I mean, listen, it's I, in, based on what we saw in the regular season, they should have destroyed those teams, not come back from being down to win at the end of the game. What what has been the biggest difference? Why is this team not rolling on all cylinders like we saw in the regular season, Nick? Yeah, for me, the number one thing is a thing that had popped up. You know, when they went through that three game losing streak after they started five and zero, and people talk a lot about the injuries to Trent Williams and Debo Samuel, and those were certainly important during that stretch. But the other thing that people forget is the defense did not play well during that stretch. There was bad tackling. There was uh, poor pursuit angles. There was a lot of things that were going on defensively that, they, that had them struggling in that three-game losing streak. Some of those issues have popped back up here recently, Anita. And, 
especially in the run game where the 49ers have traditionally been very good. But this year, the run game issues defensively have kind of bubbled under the surface. And what I mean by that is, is they haven't necessarily been as good against the run as they usually have, even though the numbers might indicate it. And what I mean by that is, is they jumped out to so many big leads that teams are often forced to abandon the run, right? So they, they may not be adding the yardage, but they're still running the ball pretty well. They just don't get, you know, get those numbers to where they would be, where it looks bad because they have to throw to try to come from behind. So uh, that to me is where it starts. And even this week, a storyline, a story that I just wrote last night that I didn't expect to be writing the week before the Super Bowl is Steve Wilkes, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, you know, saying, we didn't play with enough effort on defense on a few plays in the NFC championship game. You know, like that's, a, that's an issue. Like that, that is, that is a thing that they, that has been a talking point this week of like, Hey, if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you got to have 60 minutes of maximum effort. That should be the bare minimum, right? Like that's where you start. So that to me, I think has been the biggest issue is, is, is more on the defensive side on the offensive side. Look, the, the Packers game, it's not an excuse. It's just a, it's just the reality that there was a really hard driving rain for a lot of that game. I do think Brock Purdy. That's one of his his issues. He has not been good in the few bad weather games that he's played. Uh, but I also feel like the Niners have had some protection issues that have popped up in both of those games, particularly in the first half against the Lions. When they got some of that straightened out, they were a little bit better. But it's funny, Anita, because we talk about this all year. The Niners blowing teams out, like you mentioned, and everyone says, "Well, what are they going to do if they have to come back?" And, and no one knew the answer, right? Everyone just kind of assumed that they couldn't because they hadn't done it, although they had very few opportunities. And then in the playoffs, they flipped the script and they're doing the thing that nobody thought they could do or everyone wondered if they could do here. So maybe it makes them a little more battle-tested going into the Super Bowl. I don't know. I just know that this is a team that lost to these same Chiefs four years ago, blowing a 10-point lead in the last eight minutes of that game. And they're very well aware that they have to give it, give it everything they got for all 60 minutes this time around because what they've done these last two weeks isn't going to be enough against the Chiefs. You know, it's very interesting. The statistics, especially their defense against the run, has not been as stellar since the Chase Young trade. A little surprising, yeah. right? You think like, man, Chase Young, they trade for him, they bring him in. Uh, but this is a team that is giving up over five yards per carry, especially when running through the interior yep. of the line. Mm-hmm. What gives there? Yeah, it's been a couple of things. First of all, you know, Eric Armstead has, has been dealing with plantar fasciitis in his, in his foot, and he, he's the last game he played in the regular season before the playoffs was that early December game against the Eagles. Armstead is probably their best run-stuffing defensive linemen. Uh, so they missed him for a portion of that. That's why you saw them, the Arizona game in particular in mid-December, the Cardinals kind of ran all over them. I think they had over 200 rushing yards in that game. Uh, so Armstead is back, but also, like, you know, anyone who's ever had plantar fasciitis, like, they have an understanding that that thing doesn't just go away. You've got to kind of manage it, and I think that's where Eric Armstead is. The other thing is, is well, there's a couple of things, but I mentioned the effort thing, but also, you, you know, you mentioned Chase Young there. Cleveland Furl has been their starting uh, defensive end opposite Nick Bosa, even after they acquired Chase Young. And the reason for that was because he's a good edge setter in the run game and he's a good run stuffer. And then they bring Chase Young in on pass rush down. Well, Furl is injured now. He's out for the rest of the year with a, with a knee issue. And Young now is starting. And that is not his specialty. It's why he wasn't starting. But also there's a trickle-down effect of that, right, Anita, where – Chase Young, who's going from playing 25 to 30 snaps a game on pass rush, obvious passing situations, is now being asked to play 40 to 50 snaps and doing 
run and playing more in the run game. And then the, the guy after him, Randy Gregory is playing more, you know, there's, there's that kind of trickle down effect that adds up too. So it's not just the defensive line. I mentioned the pursuit and the effort issues. It wasn't just Chase Young the other day. It, it goes back to the safeties. It goes to the corners. A lot of it is about setting edges and they're going to be tested. I mean, everyone's tested by Patrick Mahomes, but the chiefs, they make a living off of the screen game, short passing mm-hmm. game, yards after catch, all that stuff which is basically just an extension of the run game, right? So uh, it is going to be – I'm sure that is going to be a, a huge uh, point of emphasis for the 49ers. And, hey, we've got to get that stuff fixed because this team is the best in the league at exploiting it. Yeah, uh, 49ers second worst in the NFL in regard to yards after the catch, giving up uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Nick, before we let you go, game script. Uh, this will be our last chance of, t- of speaking to you here on 98.7 ESPN, at least my show, uh, before the Super Bowl. So uh, give it to us. Uh, how do you see this game playing out? Uh, it's it's so tough because I, I could see a, a case on both sides here. It, you know, it's just I almost feel like we've reached the point with Patrick Mahomes where you say, like, how do you bet against Patrick Mahomes, right? But uh, I also think the 49ers are, are probably the better team top to bottom. And so uh, at the end of the day, to the fact that they have more playmakers overall offset the advantage the Chiefs have by having Mahomes, I tend to lean maybe that direction um, that, that they'll be able to pull it out late. But, um, you know, I, I think that I think for the Niners, it, the key is going to be, they, I don't think they're going to be able to just pull off a comeback this, this time around. They're gonna, if they're going to win this game, they're going to have to jump out to a much better start. That doesn't necessarily mean running away and hiding like they did throughout most of the season. But I think making sure that they're right there in this game at halftime uh, and then turning it up like they have the last couple of weeks in the second half has got to be their ticket. And, and, you know, there's the obvious stuff. You know, we, we always talk about turnover differential being the most important uh, statistic in the NFL. No team has exemplified that better than the 49ers, Nita. They basically just flat out, they win if they're even or plus in turnover differential, and they lose when they're not. And it's really just that simple for them, you know, where you see, might see some teams, oh, they're minus one, but they still pulled out a win. The Niners haven't done that. The Niners have to be on the plus side or at least even to have a chance. All right, I want to thank Nick Wagner for joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, really do appreciate him and Adam Teicher's time. Their uh, dance card is going to be uber full uh, for the entire week leading into the Super Bowl, and I'm sure after as well. Stay tuned. Rich Samini joins us next. We'll get a Jets update right here on 98.7 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. 
and boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured, it was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Uh, the Michael K. Show will be live from the UBS Arena this Thursday, February 8th, before the Islanders face off against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, we're giving away eight pairs of lower bowl tickets, plus one pair of premium club seats at ESPNNewYork.com or the ESPN New York app. Just scroll down to the contest, submit your entry, brought to you by the New York Islanders. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. Without further ado, Rich Samini joins us now. We've got an excellent podcast out called Flight Deck for all you Jets fans out there uh, with our Jets update, our Jets report. Uh, Rich, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Anita and Amani. How are you guys doing today? Oh, we're doing well. We're doing well. I mean, you know, a week away from the big game. Before we let you go, we definitely want your uh, your pick for that and where it sits right now. But uh, let's focus in on what's going on with, uh, of course, the Jets. And uh, assistant GM Rex Hogan, uh, in his departure, came as a little bit of a surprise, right? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, you know, I, I talked to a bunch of uh, scouts and personnel people who were down at the Senior Bowl. I mean, I was not down there, but just texting with some people, and there was a same feeling among the community of, of scouts is that they were very surprised, uh, stunned even, that it happened. And the weird thing about it was is that uh, the story broke on Wednesday at the Senior Bowl, but uh, actually he was let go like three weeks ago right after the season, and it stayed quiet, which, as you guys know, in our business is very unusual. Mm-hmm. So that part that part added a little bit of a mystery to it. And, uh, you know, I – can't really. I mean, the Jets are just saying it's a mutual parting. I, I think it's obviously more than that. Uh, I don't think he's going. I don't think he has another job lined up. So very curious in the, in the fact that he and Joe Douglas have been side by side for more than or, or about five years. Joe Douglas's first hire after getting the GM job in June of 2019 was to hire Rex Hogan as his right hand man, his top lieutenant and put him in charge of like basically running the draft meetings, had a big voice in, in draft and pro personnel, and he's gone in, in, in somewhat mysterious fashion. And, uh, yeah, very, very surprising. What do you say about uh, some of the stuff that's being reported about the relationship between Zach Wilson and uh, Aaron Rodgers? I, I don't know. I, I just You just hear things. What do you know that we don't know about that in situation in terms of the relationship and how it soured over the last couple of uh, uh, once Aaron Rodgers got hurt? Yeah, I mean, of course, Amani, you referred to the athletic story yes. by Diana Rossini and, and Zach Rosenblatt. They did a real good job with that story. Let me just say that. And uh, as for Wilson and Rodgers, yeah, I think it just became distant because they were distant. I mean, when, when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, he decided to have his surgery in, in Los Angeles and he went out there and he stayed out there for several weeks before he started coming back just for the games. And then around Thanksgiving, he came back on a permanent basis, but they had a really good relationship the entire off season, right into the season. And then when he left, I, I could tell from talking to Zach Wilson during the year when he would always get asked about Rogers 
you know, if he's checking in. And he, we got very, very clipped answers for Zach Wilson as the year went on. You could just tell that they weren't talking as much and, you know, things had maybe they had grown apart a little bit. But I, I don't think that's a huge deal. Like I said, Aaron was 3,000 miles away trying to bust his rear end to try to get back for the end of the season. And I, I don't think that had any impact on the way Zach Wilson played, uh, you know. And so maybe that part of the story got over-dramatized a little bit. Uh, I think that relationship has probably run its course. We, we all know that Zach Wilson's probably going to move on pretty pretty shortly. Again, Rich Samini joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Talking about that, uh, great door. Uh, you opened it. What What is the latest in regard to Zach Wilson and, you know, what you think that the Jets could potentially get for him, if anything? Yeah, the if anything part, right? <laughs> I had that on the end. Uh, yeah, they'll get something. Uh, I think there's going to be a few teams interested in him. Clearly not as a, ba- uh, as a starter. I mean, we know that going in. No one's going to hand him a starting job. Uh, I'm not sure he'll... I think he'll go into camp as like a two slash three for someone. And I think he's hoping to get to a team with a really strong offensive staff, uh, you know, like a LA with a McVeigh out in LA or Shanahan in San Francisco or Miami with, uh, with, um, uh, uh, I'm blanking on it. Um, to a tire logo to a, well, I just don't. Yeah, yeah but the weird thing about Miami is you got Mike White there, you know, yeah. with uh, McDaniel, McDaniel's there. So uh, that would be a weird situation. But I think his camp is looking to get into a really good offensive situation, much like Sam Darnold. You know, Darnold went through the ringer in New York and then obviously didn't work in Carolina, and he lands in a great spot in San Francisco. Now, obviously, he's in the Super Bowl now. He's enjoying it, but landed with a really smart offensive coach in a system that he had some familiarity with, and now Sam is rehabilitating his career. And that's what happens when you're a high draft pick and, and you fail in your first spot. You have to basically work your way back up the depth chart and, and rehabilitate your career. And I think, I think the Jets will be able to get a late-round pick for Zach Wilson. I would be surprised if they just have to cut him outright. I think there'll be someone out there willing to take a shot on him. Um, realistically, I mean, Rich, you've been covering the NFL for, for quite a while, like I have, uh, realistically, what do you think, you know, based on, on, you know, what you've seen and, um, you know, what do you think his ceiling is? Do you, do you think his ceiling is a backup quarterback in the NFL? Do you think that, you know, maybe he can be coached up and, you know, um, potentially have a career as a starter? Like I I see him as a backup uh, to be quite frank, but, but curious to get your thoughts. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I've been polling some personnel people the last few days. Uh, there's not a lot of optimism that he would be a starter again, just from the uh, feedback I've been getting. I think you're right, Anita. Probably looking at a backup. He's a player with physical talent who can make all the throws, who moves well in the pocket. But we all know quarterbacking is more than just throwing and running. And that's the other the other areas is where Zach Wilson struggles. I mean, he, he really didn't show anything over the course of three years to say there's a future starter in the league. And now, look, we could all be wrong. I mean, look at Geno Smith. Did anyone think that when he left the Jets uh, several years ago that he was going to end up, you know, being a, a full-time starter and even a Pro Bowl player? No one thought that. But, you know, to Geno's credit, he kept at it and took him a long time, past his 30th birthday. And so Zach Wilson's got a lot of years left, but he's going to have to start showing some significant progress Otherwise, he'll be out of the league. But you're right. I do not see him as a starter. 
in the next few years. I think he can, if he wants to, have carve out a career for himself as a backup. Um, uh, you know, in, in, as we get cl- as we get closer to uh, the season ending, as we know, uh, the combine's right around the corner. Um, you know, and then of course uh, we'll, we'll get into free agency, and then of course the NFL draft. Uh, take us through that pro- process in, in regard to you know where's the cap space right now? How much work does Joe D need to do? Uh, what are some of the free agents that Jets fans need to keep an eye on? Some of the names out there they should pay attention to uh, as we get closer, of course, to the combine. Well, the first thing they're going to have to do is create some cap room because the Jets are, I believe, less than five million under the cap right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe me, there are some teams in a lot worse shape, but the Jets five million is not great. But they do have uh, some avenues that they could uh, take to get cap room. Uh, you know, there'll be a couple of players who are cut uh, for cap purposes. I mean, certainly if they trade Wilson, they'll clear, a, you know, a few million dollars. C.J. Uzama, I think, is in danger of becoming a cap casualty. Uh, and then they have a bunch of guys who they can restructure, like Quinnen Williams, uh, C.J. Mosley, John Franklin Myers. Those guys can be restructured. And then before you know it, you, you know, you have 15 or $20 million. Uh, to go shopping. And then when they go shopping, obviously, and I'm not breaking news here, but it's offensive tackles and wide receivers. Those are the two positions that I think will be the focal points this offseason. Now, the sexy names in, at wide receiver are going to be the guys like Mike Evans. And, and uh, I think Calvin Ridley is a realistic guy. I think Rhett Evans will probably end up going back to Tampa, if I had to guess. Uh, Pittman from, from Indianapolis. My, my gut is that Indy doesn't let him go. Uh, you have T. Higgins, uh, you know, you saw Sauce Gardner about a week ago lobby for, for T. Higgins on social media. There's a lot of that going on now, just lobbying. I think Higgins will end up being franchised by Cincinnati. So the good players rarely shake free from their teams. But I do think a guy like Calvin Ridley could be available. Of course, Devontae Adams was a hot name in the offs. I mean, during the season, uh, he's not a free agent. He, that would have to be a trade. But the sense I get is that the Raiders are probably not going to look to move him, although I would be uh, I'm very – I, I am pretty reasonably positive that the Jets are going to make a phone call there just to try to reunite Rodgers and Adams, but I, I'd be surprised if that happens. But I do think they will try to get a veteran wide receiver in there, uh, in addition to possibly drafting one as well. What about, uh, we know that they they have uh, the Jets need players you know, in certain spots, and we talked about the offensive line and left tackle we talked about wide receiver what are some other areas that you know going down into the senior bowl uh, the, this past weekend um, I mean this 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 yesterday what do you think some of these Jets uh, what, there's a menu that they're they're looking at uh, what do you think they're looking for um, down there for for this draft coming up yeah I'm glad you mentioned the senior bowl Imani because the Jets are uh they have a tendency to pick players that, that participate in the senior bowl. And we only have to go back to last year with Will McDonald out of Iowa state defensive end. Now that was a surprise pick. I don't think people thought they would pick him 15th overall, but as I wrote in my notes column today, he's already back in Florham park, uh, working out at the team facility. Um, didn't have much of a rookie year. Didn't play much, but I think the jets are hoping for big things for him this year, but they, they do like picking players from the senior bowl. They did it a couple of years ago with Jermaine Johnson and that turned out really well. Uh, so, you know, Jeff Ulbricht, their defensive coordinator was coaching one of the teams in the senior bowl. 
And that's big, you know, because when you could get a chance to be with those players for not just, you know, watching them from the stands like all the other coaches and scouts do, but to be with them in meetings and, uh, you know, basically you're with them like 14 hours a day mm-hmm. and you get, you get to know players. And like any little piece of intel is so valuable in the draft mm-hmm. process. And, you know, so I think, uh, you know, offensive linemen, again, going back to that, uh, Talise Fuanga from Oregon State, who had a really good week as senior bowl, is a player that I think Joe Douglas, you know, from what I've been told, has been talking about him for months. And mm-hmm. so he is a mid-first-round pick type of guy. So I would definitely keep an eye on him as we get around to the draft. Uh, real quick, Rich, before we let you go, uh, I know early thoughts here. Uh, we're a week away, but what side are you leaning towards, Kansas City or the 49ers right now? I'm, uh, I'm going with the Swifties. Uh, I think Kansas City is uh, a little surprised that they're a slight underdog. But, look, I'm not, I'm not going to overthink this, and I don't think fans should overthink this either. I mean, I just can't see Patrick Mahomes losing. I wouldn't bet against him. I, I've been picking the Chiefs every week through the playoffs, you know, even, even in their road games. And they're just, they're a different team than the Chiefs teams we've seen before. And I'm sure you guys have talked about this. Uh, just with Spags and the job he's done on defense is amazing. I think he'll have some answers for a very uh, explosive San Francisco offense. And I think he'll give Purdy some looks that he hasn't seen before. And they did it to Lamar Jackson That's last right. week in the championship game. And just the way he, I mean, Amani knows Spags. I mean, yeah. just the way he was using that, you know, that so many different personnel groupings. I mean, six DBs, then they're down to four, and they're just moving, you know, different fronts. And I think, uh, and Mahomes is just incredible in these games. He just does not play badly in these big games. And so I'm, I'm picking KC. I think my score uh, was 31-24, uh, Kansas City. Great stuff as always, Rich. Appreciate you as always. Uh, please make sure you tune in to Rich's podcast, Flight Deck, as well. Getting you ready for all things as, uh, you know, uh, we get closer to, of course, the Combine and free agency. Uh, stay on top of the Jets. Flight Deck, his podcast. Rich, thank you so much. You have a great Sunday. Uh, enjoy enjoy your day off. Thanks for joining us. Um, we've right. got a quick... You got it. We've got a quick break. We come back. We'll end the show strong. Anita Marks, Amani Toomer, and you here on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Very uh, weird Sunday 
for us, right? No, no, uh, no, no NFL. So I'm heading out to play pickleball. I know you're heading out to play pickleball. Absolutely. Working on my eventually, craft. Eventually, eventually, we've got to play pickleball together, my friend, especially if we're going to kick uh, DPH Rowan Rothenberg's ass. You and mm-hmm. I need to start playing together. Yeah, I got to, you know, I'm going to learn. Uh, I, I played before a couple times, so I know the basics, but I still have to kind of refresh but it's like riding a bike you know you get right back on but yeah I'm, I'm interested in seeing how this whole thing is going to turn out and i can't wait to the to this show this popular morning show dpatro and rothelsberg rothenberg uh i can't wait till they take up the challenge and really give us an opportunity to yeah, they got to give us a date they've got to give us a date yeah, they gotta give us something i mean they've been anyway. radio silent Tell me about it. Um, Again, reports are they're honing their skills. We'll see. Uh, We've got about three minutes left in the show. Um, Again, this week, you've been there. You've done that. You kind of know how this operates. Uh, This is a week of just like, you know, you're you're managing um, all the media hoopla, all the fun, all the festivities, but trying to keep everything uh, at bay, especially for these players, um, to make sure that they still stay focused for Sunday, right? Yeah. No, I mean, I think one of the things you have to do is make sure right now that you get all your ticket situation taken care of and understand that, um, you know, you can relax right now. But as the game gets closer, things start to get tighter and, you know, realize that when you're at the Super Bowl, all the parties, all the fun, all that stuff, that's for your friends and family. That's not for you. Your fun and your satisfaction and what you're going to remember about this experience is going, to hap- is going to solely be based on what's happening during the game. And I think when I first went down to the Super Bowl in 2000, we played against the Ravens. I was like, oh, I want to go down and experience the Super Bowl. I want to go out. I want to have fun. We didn't have any fun. And even if we did, we wouldn't have remembered. I didn't have any fun. And if, if I did, I wouldn't have remembered it at all because the only thing that you're going to remember is that game. And that's the only thing. And keep that... I tell all those players, make the main thing be the main thing. And the main thing has to be winning that Super Bowl because there is nothing worse in life, in, the, in my sports life. The, the, the worst experience I've ever had was losing a Super Bowl in 2000 to the Baltimore Ravens. And that just burrows in and it's something you never get over. So mm-hmm. understanding that, you got to focus on staying ready and prepared and not losing focus on going out and chasing a good time, especially in Las Vegas, when you're not going to remember it. The only thing you remember is that score. Yeah. And, and again, you know, I think this is, this is why, like, you know, another reason why I believe that uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have a leg up here on the 49ers is, uh, you know, they've got more players on that squad and on that team that uh, have been there, done that, experienced this, know how this, know how, you know, th- this, this week will flow. Uh, and, and I think that's a huge advantage. So uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. Myself, Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, uh, who uh, had to leave us an hour early because he's got sports center duties. So kudos to him. Our producers, Tom and Joe, appreciate you guys as always. Um, I'm back, uh, next week, Friday night for weekend wager. And of course, Saturday, regular Saturday show. And then Sunday, we will be back with you getting you ready for the Super Bowl. So really excited about that. 